You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog where we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. You are almost to the weekend. You can do it. But thank you for tuning into today's show, especially... But thank you for tuning into today's show, especially those who are checking out the show today for the first time. We very much appreciate it. And another special thank you to all of our loyal fans who are checking back in on us again. If you guys don't already, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. That's the easiest way to make sure you get all of the shows. And if you're looking for an NFL show that'll get you up to date with everything, not just the Chargers, the best place to go is the Peacock and Williamson show which is about a 20 to 30 minute show where you can get caught up with everything going on in the NFL. But on today's show, we have a couple of press conferences we're going to get into. We're going to start with offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi in the first couple of segments. He had some really cool things to say about a lot of players, including the diversity of the running back groups, his initial thoughts on Josh Palmer, and also Rashawn Slater. And then the second segment, we'll get into Lombardi's thoughts about Justin Herbert and how he compares to Drew Brees somebody that Lombardi spent a lot of time with intellectually, so that was really interesting. And to wrap the show up, Brandon Staley did a live Q&A on Instagram on Thursday, and he had some pretty interesting things to say. He kind of bounced all over the place. If it was all Chargers related, we probably would have got two segments out of that, but I like what we have from him because he kind of talked about, again, his vision for Kenneth Murray on this defense and getting him more downhill. Talked about the type of leader that Justin Herbert was and also some other leaders on the team right now in the leadership council. And we're also going to get into what his thoughts are on the special teams competitions going on right now. So we'll get into that to wrap up the show, but let's go ahead and get into it. Joe Lombardi spoke with the media earlier on in the week and we didn't really get to get into his thoughts because we had Darius Swinton and Azir Adderley. And Kenneth Murray, and we wanted to get into all of the little things that he said because he had a lot to say, David, including a lot about a lot of the different players that were very intrigued by going into training camp. And let's start with a couple of pass catchers here. His early impressions of Josh Palmer were strong, good hands, good route runner, can play inside and outside. He also said that he takes his job very seriously. He's an extra work guy, right? The guy that stays after We already heard about him staying and, you know, going up against Asante Samuel Jr. after practice. That's something that you love to see. But for a guy like him, before we get into Donald Parham, the other pass catcher, for Josh Palmer specifically, I mean, trying to carve out a role in a very crowded wide receiver room, that's a good way to get started by putting in that extra work. Yeah, I mean, putting in that extra work gets you noticed. I mean, at any level of football or 
football or at any level of sports. I mean, when you go and you put some extra work in, those coaches are always paying attention. They pay attention to everything, and especially at the highest level. Those coaches, especially as an offensive coordinator, they pay attention to everything that these guys do. Every single time you step on the field, you're being evaluated pretty much every single time. So to see this, this is starting off on the right foot for Josh Palmer, setting a good uh, first example with him and his offensive coordinator. So I think that's going to go a long way for him. Absolutely. And I mean, especially with the injury history for Mike Williams, I think that's a big X factor as far as what Josh Palmer's role is going to be on this team this year, right? Because I think he is the next most physically ready on the outside to go play out there, you know, other than Keenan Allen and instead of, you know, guys like Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton, even KJ Hill. So I think that would be a very clear way for him to get snaps. But if all those guys stay healthy, it's obviously going to be an uphill battle for him. But the other guy that we're really excited about is Donald Parham. I mean, he's a guy, even though they brought in Jared Cook and Trey McKitty, was a super exciting player last year, and he ended up saying that his reps were very limited but impressive last season, and he just don't see guys that look like him. And he said he's optimistic from what he's seen from him so far, but one thing that's gotten us very excited this offseason has to be the offensive line, David, and all the improvements and additions that they made to that room. And he talked about getting Matt Filer in there and the leadership that Corey Lindsley brought as soon as he showed up, and I think it is good just to have those guys together, right? Because with so many changes there, getting that chemistry worked out, especially with a couple of new offensive line coaches and Sean Serrett and and Frank Smith, it's going to take a little while. But I was more, you know, closely tuning on into his words on Rashawn Slater. And what he had to say about him was really smart, a super athlete. His ability to grasp and his ability to learn and apply what he learns has been really impressive so far. It's been really positive. So that's exactly what you want to hear because, I mean, there's no other rookie that we are more sure about being the starter right out of the gate. And even as a guy who comes in super technically refined, there's still some growth it takes to go up to the NFL level, right, to jump to that level of competition. And it seems like so far Rashawn Slater's getting straight A's. Absolutely. And I mean, right now it's important to remember that these guys are only going walk through pace for most of the time. They're going full go in their individuals. But I mean, it's always good to hear that the rookies are starting off on the right foot. They're going out there and performing well and that they're very coachable. That's one thing that Rashawn Slater said. He's like, hey, I pride myself on being very coachable about being able to take feedback and implement that feedback. That's being echoed here by the offensive coordinator. Yeah, and I know Justin Herbert is like the golden child, but like to me, Rashawn Slater is the prodigal son, right? I mean, the Chargers have been looking for a really good quarterback for all of, you know, one game where Tyrod Taylor started a game in between Phillip Rivers and Justin Herbert. I mean, the Chargers have been looking for a left tackle for much longer than that. So, very, Forever. yeah, so it's very exciting to see him getting off to a good start. And I really don't have a lot of questions about him you know not only just being the best starting left tackle that they have on this team but his ability to come in and start right away that's very exciting but he also had some praise for the running backs and kind of talked about their different styles so what part of what he had to say about the chargers you know four main running backs stood out to you I mean, I love how he kind of highlighted Austin Eckler's uh, pass-catching ability. And he, he said that Austin Eckler is a running back that he's been watching from afar for a long time and a guy who's really – he's really respected his game. 
He's had a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's a, one of the premier pass-catching running backs in the NFL, and now he has another guy in Austin Eckler who shows some incredible prowess as a pa- pass-catcher as well. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to use Austin Eckler in this new offense. Yeah, and he said he was especially intrigued by his running ability, right? I mean, we all know that Austin Eckler is a great receiver. He said he knew that as well, but he was actually surprised that he kind of runs like a bigger running back, right? Which, for his size, I mean, he's absolutely stacked. One of the biggest lifters in the weight room. And he does run with a certain level of physicality. We just haven't been able to see that very much with the poor run blocking that he's gotten over the last couple of years from a subpar offensive line. But it was funny that what he said about Josh Kelly was just that he always puts him in a good mood and he thinks he's the happiest running back the on the team. guy on the team. I mean, yeah. it wasn't exactly glowing reviews as far as his rushing ability, but I mean... Said nothing about that. He didn't say anything about that, but obviously <laughs> those are good locker room guys to have. But about Justin Jackson, he said he was a super smart guy, impressed with the way he's been able to pick up the protections and things like that in such a short amount of time. And when talking about Larry Roundtree, he said a very serious football player who really cares about his craft. And that's another guy who might be fighting for a roster spot, right? I mean, I think we're giving him the leg up, obviously, because he's this new coaching staff's guy. And I mean, I would be hard pressed to tell you that I think he's going to get cut, but still a later sixth round pick. He's going to have a lot of work to do. And there's still a lot of talent in that room. I mean, especially if Josh Kelly bounces back like we think he could, you know, he obviously had a really good preseason and off season last year. I mean, no preseason games, but off season last year where everyone was raving about him, he could definitely bounce back in. He's the type of guy you want to keep on the team, at least, you know, personality wise, but thought it was interesting. Those kind of notes he had about those specific players. Another thing I thought was very interesting was he was asked about how Justin Herbert and Drew Brees compared intellectually. And I mean, Drew Brees is one of the smartest quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And I thought he had a very interesting answer to that. So we're going to get into that and more from Joe Lombardi coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official protein bar of the Locked On Chargers podcast is the best protein bar in the world. And I'm talking about Built Bars. I mean, for me, I love Built Bars. I take one to work with me pretty much every day. But first, for me, it has to taste great. And that's what I love about Built Bar. And that's why I can talk about it all the time is just they taste really good. Like I can say it because I believe it. I've gone through it. I've tried it. And the other thing is, is I never get bored of Built Bars because there's so many great flavors to choose from. I mean, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, salted caramel. I mean, you're never going to get bored of the flavors because you can always switch it up. And what's really nice is they make a mixed box where you can just get a couple of each of the flavors so you can keep spicing things up. The other really big bonus is that they're really good for you too, especially as far as protein bars go. Most of the bars that you're going to find have 17 grams of protein. That's a lot. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, all while tasting delicious. I mean, you have zero guilt when you eat a Built Bar. And right now, we can even save you guys some money. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys, if you ever have anything go wrong with your car and you need a part, there's only one place to go, and that is rockauto.com. I mean, for me, one of the things I love most about Rock Auto is just the giant inventory that they have. I mean, they just have an inventory that no other chain store is going to be able to keep up with. The last thing you want to do when you need to get a part is have to go search for where you can find it, right? If you go to rockauto.com, 
you're going to be able to find the part that you need. And best of all, whether you're a daily driver, a do-it-yourselfer, or a mechanic, everybody gets the same great low price with rockauto.com. And now I've already used it a couple of times. Had to buy an alternator for my fiance's Camry. Had to use it a couple other times besides that. And the thing that really stood out to me is how easy it is, especially not as a car guy because I am not. All I had to do was go on there, put the type of car I had, and just a couple clicks later, even for me, I was able to find the part that I needed in and also just got it delivered right to my house. I didn't have to go out to try to find it. Got it delivered right to my door. RockAuto.com is the best place for anything you need, whether it's tail lights or new carpet for your car. You can find it at RockAuto.com. And all you have to do is go to this site today and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, David. Well, I want to continue here on some really interesting tidbits that we got from offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. He seemed a lot more relaxed this time around. He seemed a little rigid when he got up there for his first presser. And I mean, you don't know what to expect. I don't hardly blame him for that. Not everyone can come off the way that Brandon Staley does. But I thought this time he seemed a little bit more relaxed and he had some very interesting things to say. I think he opened up about... Just got done with the workout, man. He was ready to go. He was sweating, for sure. I mean, he was soaking that <laughs> shirt, definitely. But I think he gave us more this time. Gave us a little bit more to chew on than the previous time that we got to hear from him. Especially concerning, you know, what this offense is going to be. Because I think we have an idea, you know, roots of New Orleans, San Francisco, some of those things. But he actually put his voice to it this time. And when talking about the offense, he said, you can start with a base of a certain number of plays from New Orleans, maybe steal a few plays from San Francisco and some of the run game that Coach Frank Smith and Sean Sarah have brought in. Even in those places, though, the offenses change. The offense changes when you get a guy like Michael Thomas or an Alvin Kamara. You have a starting point and you teach that starting point. Then when it gets closer, you tailor it to how to attack a certain defense and that, I mean, is really good to hear because obviously if you're, you know, planning on how you're going to beat the Washington football team week one, you're probably getting a little bit ahead of yourself, right? So it's nice to see that they're going to take, you know, parts of those offenses. I mean, New Orleans offense really good. San Francisco has, you know, the best running scheme in the league, hands down, you know, for me. I think it's nice to see that, but also understanding that, yeah, there is no specific blueprint because you have to, you know, make it about your players as well. When you have Michael Thomas, you have to find an offense that fits him best, right? And how are you going to use him the best? Same with Alvin Kamara. And now going forward with Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, all these guys. Yeah, but they're taking principles from some of the most successful offenses in the NFL, and you got to love that. Yeah. I mean, the Chargers have a good offense. I think they had a good offense last year, but, I mean, it doesn't hurt to ever take philosophies from winning organizations and very successful offenses and try to incorporate that into your offensive system, but tailor it to the players that you have so it's at its most effective. I mean, I like that idea. I think it's going to work really well for the Chargers. And I can't wait to see what that looks like on Sundays. Yeah, for me, I'm especially excited about the running game, right? And the new ways they're going to try to innovate what has been a pretty stale running attack for the Chargers. Obviously, having a good offensive line, if they can keep that up this year, is going to be a huge part of that. But Massive. going to that wide zone scheme, taking some things from San Francisco, and obviously 
Everyone in the league could take stuff from San Francisco if they want to. They all see it on film. It's one thing to try to use it and to actually implement it effectively, but finding those new schemes, because even though the offense was pretty good last year, it was incredibly inefficient in certain ways, right? I mean, Justin Herbert bailed, the ball a lot. bailed them out on a lot of third and long type of plays. I mean, they got them out of some very sticky situations. So I think them bringing in a new running attack, bringing in a couple of new coaches with the offensive line that are also the run game coordinators and things like that, getting themselves into favorable matchups against whatever defense they're playing with is something I'm looking forward to in 2021. But let's talk about what he had to say about personnel groupings, because that's another way that you can learn to attack defenses. And what he had to say about that is you can throw a lot of different combinations of five players on the field and run a lot of cool plays. There's so much communication that you are forcing the defense to make and you have to have a lot of good players to do that. And I think we have that also putting them in a defense and a personnel grouping that you want to attack is another big part of that. So that'll be another big thing, David, is you're putting different personnel groupings out there. So you're making them adjust to what you're doing while at the same time, you know, hey, if they're really bad when they play nickel, what's the personnel grouping we're putting out there to get them in nickel? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the symmetry as well on the defensive side because that's exactly how Brandon Staley said he wants to attack offenses. He wants to put personnel groupings out there to stress them out, and that's exactly what they're trying to do on the offensive side too. I mean, they're trying to get them into a look that they know that they can exploit and go out there and have a lot of success. I mean, that's just smart coaching. You love to hear it. Yeah, and he specifically said, you know, controlling the tempo of the battle is the kind of the theory behind that, and I mean, it's a great theory. In practicality, it's going to be a lot tougher to do because teams are going to want to, you know, put their defense out there and say, beat this. And, you know, you have to beat that to get them to adjust, to get them to put an extra defensive back on the field, to get them back to their base formation, you know, potentially by running the ball all over them. So a lot of different ways you can do that. But if they can pull it off, I mean, that would be a lot more exciting and innovative than the offenses that we've seen in the past from the Chargers. And they have a lot of good skill position players that they can go out there and do it with. But lastly, I mean, I think the thing that stood out to everyone was what he said about Drew Brees and Justin Herbert and their similarities intellectually. So, David, what did you think about what he had to say about Justin Herbert and how he's in his first impressions of him so far? Yeah, I mean, to say that he he's to say that is he'd be hard pressed to find anyone more intelligent than Justin Herbert is incredibly uh, that's incredibly flattering. I mean, that's a huge compliment for him to say that. I mean, this is a second-year quarterback that is, you know, being compared to some of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. So to say that he has that type of aptitude that mirrors a guy like Drew Brees, who had one of the best NFL careers in NFL history, I think is incredibly high praise. I also thought it was kind of funny that he's like, yeah, but I mean, when we're talking about height and he puts his hands up and he's like, yeah, that's pretty much where the similarities end. Yeah, he said physically they are a lot different, but I just thought it was very interesting because obviously it's hard to compare to someone to, you know, a no doubt about it Hall of Famer, one of the leaders in pretty much every passing statistic. Not really fair, right? No, not fair at all. And I think he handled it well the way he talked about it. And what he said was they're both really, really smart. Obviously, Drew has a ton of experience to draw on. They're both perfectionists. They both take their craft very seriously, and they both want to go out and do everything right. Obviously, there's a lot of differences physically, and that's what you're talking about. But this is what I liked. Justin's going to be his own quarterback. We want him to do that. We don't want him to create a carbon copy of anyone else. He's a special player who's going to end up having a special career. 
We want that to manifest itself in its own way. Really, really impressed with him so far and excited about the direction he's going. And obviously, there has to be some of that, but compared to backup for a reason, I mean, it is nice to hear that from the offensive coordinator. But another guy we really love to hear talk is Brandon Staley. And, you know, on Thursday, he got into chicken wings, basketball, a bunch of different things. But we're going to focus on the football side of it his vision of Kenneth Murray, who the biggest leaders are on the team, and much more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. I mean, right now, guys, I shouldn't even have to talk you into it. It's a great time to be betting on sports. I mean, the NBA playoffs have been crazy. The Stanley Cup playoffs have been awesome as well. A lot of really good games there. And you have baseball, which is on every day. I mean, there's so many baseball games you can bet on all the time you you know match that up with some really big fight cards coming up from the UFC it's a great time to bet and I know not everyone likes to bet on every sport so if you only like to bet on football don't worry because especially for Charger fans I mean right now you can go bet on the Chargers winning the AFC West if you feel really good about it you can bet on them to win the Super Bowl and there's even some games on there some game of the year candidates you can already bet on their Thursday night matchup with the Chiefs in their second matchup of the season the Chiefs are right now a four and a half point favorite so You guys can go jump on that line as well. But I love betonline.ag. It's the one place that we trust, the one place where we bet with. And right now, we can even give you guys some free money because if you head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up, you can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David, well, we talked about what offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi had to say. I thought he had some very interesting notes there, and it is really just a cool time for these. I mean, normally we don't go through press conferences like we are right now, but especially with an entirely new coaching staff, and we really don't know what to expect from these guys to a certain extent, right? We have some ideas, but every time we get these guys on the microphone, it seems like they're peeling away another layer of the onion, and we get to see just a little bit more. And the last time we talked, We talked about Kenneth Murray, right, and getting more downhill. And one of the things that Brandon Staley did was kind of back up those comments about Kenneth Murray. And I think that was just nice to hear, David, because obviously it's one thing for Kenneth Murray to say. To hear the excitement in Brandon Staley's voice talking about it is something else. Absolutely. I mean, he he just echoes all of the, the same compliments that he said before and added some really good ones. I mean, just saying that he's a guy who's a complete player. He's going to be able to impact in the pass game, the run game, the pass rush game. I really love that he called him a physical player and also highlighted his blitzing ability. Like I said on the last show, it's not something that he did enough last year. He showed some really good prowess doing it, so I'm really excited to see that going forward. And he said that he has the fearlessness that they're looking for at that position. You absolutely love to hear that. Yeah, and I think, I mean, hopefully seeing him in potentially more man-to-man you know, coverage against you know, running backs, some tight ends and things like that will be a little better for him just because picking up the nuances of zone coverage and where you're supposed to be, letting guys go in and out of your zone and things like that, it may seem easier than man coverage, but mentally it's really not so I don't think he's going to be used a ton in coverage but Brandon Staley obviously thinks he can but yes that fearlessness wanting to feature him on the defense if he can be one of the featured players because he's that good that's just going to mean even better things for the rest of the defense because we know he's a tackling monster we know he plays really aggressively and physically right he can bring that physical presence that they really need now 
without Denzel Perriman, and I think he can bring that a little bit. But one of the things he also talked about that I thought was interesting was just who the leaders were on the team, right? And he talked about a couple of guys specifically, brought up Corey Lindsley and just saying that he has all that leadership stuff, right? And knowing that he may not have been a Charger, but now he's on the Chargers and he's just stepped right in and like already sped up the process of how that offensive line is coming together, which I thought was really positive coming from him. But obviously the one player you want to be a leader, and I think the one position that usually gets pigeonholed into that is the quarterback position. You want your quarterback to be a leader. He's already said he's one of the guys, and he kept backing that up because he said, when you meet our quarterback, he has all the right stuff too. He's got a unique style. Our players love him. Our organization loves him, and it's not just because he's a great quarterback, but the type of person he is. He's a really hard worker, he's got a lot of humility, and he's one of the guys, which is something that everyone wants out of their starting quarterback. So it's nice to hear that being backed up, and I think he is going to have to take on a leadership role to some extent, but Staley also mentioned guys like Austin Eckler bringing a lot of leadership, and also you could just tell, and we all know, Derwin James is a great leader for them as well. Absolutely. Derwin James, he said he has full command. He's that alpha dog out there. I mean, I think we've we've known that since Derwin James expressed himself upon the NFL scene. I mean, Derwin James is just that guy. I mean, he has that when you walk into a room presence, you know, you know, he's there. I mean, that's just the type of guy that he is. So he said he's really excited to have him back. He also said he was really excited to team up with Chris Harris Jr. Again, a guy he worked with uh, in Denver. So, I mean, yeah, just echoing those comments. And also, I mean, he, he said that Keenan Allen's a guy that everybody really respects as well. I mean, I think he's a guy who's maybe a sneaky guy to get that, that C on his chest. Who knows? But, I mean, it is interesting, and, and it's really important that you, you get so much buy-in from these guys, these players, these key players, these guys you expect to have a big impact on your team going forward. The fact that they're showing up in OTAs I think is really positive and really important for this team. Yeah, and this team has been left with a lot of voids leadership-wise over the last couple of years, right? You lose Phillip Rivers two years ago, and then you know this year you end up losing Melvin Ingram, who is one of the biggest vocal leaders from this team. And I think now other guys are going to have to step up. I mean, Derwin James, you know, I still remember Melvin Ingram saying, you know, he's going to have to earn it, and then he was like a leader day one when he got there. <laughs> I mean, that having to earn it didn't take him very long to do, but... Kenneth Murray probably has to step up, right, and be a little bit more of a leader. I mean, there's going to have to be different voices. So I'm excited to see how that plays out because I definitely think there's a void there. And Brandon Staley said he has, you know, a leadership council. That's a few different guys. And that he wants it to be a player-driven team. And he said once the players are kind of calling the shots, that's when they'll know they have a good team because they, you know, have taught these guys well enough to kind of, you know, patrol themselves and teach themselves things as well. So... That'll be really cool to see who kind of steps up into those roles, right? But the last thing I want to touch on here is he talked about some special teams competitions. And his thought process on special teams is it's always where the offense and the defense meets, right? Because special teams is the only place where you start out on offense when you're punting the ball. And then you turn to defense when you have to go tackle the punt returner, right? So it's a very unique thing. And I've gotten the vibe this entire time from this coaching staff that they are taking that very seriously. But... There's two positions in particular, David, that are up for grabs as we see it. One is the kicking situation. He said he thinks they have three really good kickers. We're going to have a good, healthy competition at kicker. We're excited to see that express itself. And when he talked about the punters, he said he feels really good about their punting situation. So seems like Ty Long's job is safe. 
But at the same time, it also seems like this kicking competition is real. This is not necessarily Michael Badgley's job to lose. Feels like it's just the best kicker throughout this entire offseason. This is going to be the Chargers kicker week one. And we've heard stuff like this from coaches of the past, but it sounded very similar to lip service. This does not resemble lip service to me. It really seems like Brandon Staley and all the coaches are really showing, are really saying, hey, this is going to be a legitimate competition and we need to have the cream rise to the top. We really want to see the best guy win this job. And I think that's the way it should be. I've already said that the kicking was not good enough last year, was not up to par at an NFL level. So they need better production. So, hey, I'm I mean, if a real competition is what it takes, then that's what it needs to happen. It also said that there's going to be some competition at kick returner as well. He said that there's going to be some wide receivers, some DBs, and some running backs vying for that spot. So I think that will be another training camp battle that will be interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, as far as the kicking game goes, I mean, Brandon Staley wants to come out here and win games, right? So especially since he's not Michael Badgley's best friend they go back a few years. I mean, he's obviously a very infectious personality, Michael Badgley, I mean. But Brandon Staley was the guy that proved last year, you know, if I have to play an undrafted free agent or a sixth-round pick over someone more notable or a guy who is an incumbent starter, I'm going to do it if that's what's best for the defense, right? So he's shown that he doesn't play favorites in that sense, but... Thank God. Yeah, the kick returning game, though, I think is very interesting because the Chargers' best kick returner last year was easily Nazir Adderley. But how do you use Nazir Adderley as a kick returner right now if he's not just your starting free safety, right, but really the only free safety you have on the roster? So I think he is almost exempt from the list, even if he might be the best guy. So who is going to fill in there, right? He's at DBs, running backs, wide receivers. Does Joe Reed get another crack at it, right? Is that his way? of kind of solidifying his roster spot. Who is that going to be? Because they have some pretty interesting options out there. And kick returning is huge. I mean, Brandon Staley. If I'm Joe Reed, I'm definitely trying to take that spot. I'm telling you what. Take it back. I mean, right now it seems like it's a pretty open competition. And I think, obviously, whoever wins out on that, I mean, is going to solidify their spot on the roster. But, yeah, Joe Reed seems like the obvious choice. I mean, there's a couple of other guys as well. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, like Tyron Johnson out there, Jalen Guyton, just an absolute burner, right? Maybe you get someone like Justin Jackson out there again. He's done that a little bit in the past. Wasn't great at it, but it'll be interesting to see how they deploy that because there is so much to gain hidden in the margins in special teams as far as field position goes. I mean, when you get that 50-plus yard return, right, it feels like you're putting up points no matter what, and it's such a jolt for both sides of the team, right? It's such a boost for the offense and the defense when you were able to flip the field position like that. So special teams will be super important, and if the Chargers can have an average special teams year after the year that we saw last season, I think that would be a total coup. I mean, that would be a huge, huge improvement from what we've seen in the past. But that is going to wrap it up for today's show, guys. We will be back with you on Monday. I'm actually going to tour SoFi Stadium on Saturday. So maybe, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit on Monday. We also have some training. Hashtag humble brag. I mean, I had to pay for it. I'm not really bragging about it, but it'll be cool to check that out. We also have training camp battles that we want to get into. We'll also be getting into the latest on OTAs and Chargers news as always. And we will get into some voicemails next week too. I mean, this week got away from us a little bit. Still adjusting to this three-day schedule, but... Of course, we'll be back with you guys on Monday, as always. Until then, if you guys want to follow us on social media, you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can find David on on Twitter at DroTalkSD. 
And you can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. We also have a new Instagram page at LockedOnChargers. You can find our Facebook page, LockedOnChargers, as well. If you don't already, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you guys like the show, make sure to rate and review. I mean, we would really appreciate it. And we've come a long way, so we're trying to kind of balance out some of the bad reviews that we got early on in our Locked On Chargers career. But if you guys like the show, we would really appreciate it. If you want to get your voice on the show, the Locked On Chargers voicemail line is 323-524-7924. You guys can call in, leave your questions about the team, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.